Welcome back. You can find me on the web at joeryan.com or on Instagram at joeryan. So many clients that show up on my doorstep are stuck and they don't know how to become unstuck. There is a life that we want to live and the barrier between the life we want and the life we're living is fear. This next episode is a little long. It's my unstuck story, how I acquired everything that I thought I had wanted and was going to make me happy. And I lost everything in 18 months. I was bankrupt. I was divorced. I was homeless. And I returned to addiction after 17 years. Getting through the fears to the other side, to the life that I wanted to start living, is the story that's coming up. We are unsatisfied with ourselves. We are unsatisfied with our life. We are stuck and we don't know how to move forward. We have lived the life that we needed to live to survive, to feel love, to feel connected, to feel worth, to feel value. This wasn't our life. We lived the life that others needed us to live so that they didn't feel uncomfortable. Our soul wants what it wants. Our fear keeps us stuck. We're in this endless loop of living a lie, living the life we don't want to live because we don't know how to live any other way. If we start living as we want and desire, we are going to feel very uncomfortable, very fearful, and very shameful. This is an unstuck story. I had perfected my family system role. I created the life that I thought was going to bring me joy, peace, and happiness. I worked forever to get to a certain place. There was no plan B. There was no doubt in my mind that my life wouldn't work out the way I wanted. I was completely confident that if I obeyed the rules of where I came from and I became that person, it would have all worked out the way I was told it was going to. It didn't. My life completely fell apart. I have always been a worker. I've always been a hustler. I've always been moving forward. I mean, I'm shame-based. <laughs> so I have a drive in me to keep me out of my shame. I created a life that kept me away from the bad feelings, from shame, from self-hate. And it was really, truly all an act. It was all bullshit, but I didn't know it at the time. I had what I thought was going to make me happy. See, it was all on the outside. It was the house, the successful business, the car, the money, the wife, the kids, the American dream. That's what they tell us. I have de denied my soul for so long, there was no other way to live for me. This was the goal, and I obtained it. 
and I had it for about an hour, and it all fell apart. I've told this story before. I lost the business. I lost the wife. I lost the house. I lost the life savings. I lost my kids half the time. I lost all my worth and value because it was all about what I created, the life that I created from the outside. When people would look in, it would look like there was some kind of success there. It was all driven from this place of worthlessness and self-hate and filling the role that I believed I had to fill because if I didn't, I felt completely unlovable. So all of my needs, wants, and desires were cut off to get to a certain place of status and money and power. And when that all went away, I was just left with me and I didn't really like me and it was a really hard, painful place to be. Starting over in midlife with a laptop, a suitcase and a pillow. That was it. That's what I left my marriage with. Not a dime in my pocket and I had to start over. And the only life I knew was that. And I wanted to get back to being with somebody, building a life together. Because that's all I knew. And at some point after being single, I realized that was never going to happen the same way. We were too old, too scarred. It was too different. You know, the dream was shattered. We didn't trust it anymore. But I didn't know anything else. I'd been clean and sober for 17 years and I found myself alone starting over and I was stuck. I was freaking out, but I didn't know it at the time. I truly thought that I was going to bounce back pretty quick, but how do you bounce back quick when it took me decades to get to where I was and I lost everything? I tried moving forward. I just didn't know how because I couldn't have that life again the same way. And that's all that I knew. So I went backwards. I met somebody who had to get hit by a car. She survived, didn't know who I was. It ended up ending. And that was the one oasis in the desert of shit that I had just gone through. So the one glimmer of hope that I felt like I had was gone. And I threw away 17 years of sobriety and I went out hard. I was back to blackout drinking in less than two months, waking up in places that I didn't know, not being able to find my car, out in clubs, drinking, drugging, chasing women, chasing the action, gambling, just went back to my youth because that's really, truly all that I had known. And I did this for a while. I was numb. I was unempathetic. I was unfeeling. I was uncaring. I could not acknowledge all of the loss. And I could not deal with what I had to do to get myself back into reality and get back to the, a life, get back to self-worth 
get back to happiness and joy. See, I was just numbing out. I was using drugs, alcohol, and sex to not feel. I was chasing the party constantly. I was out to all hours of the night. I was sleeping all day. And I just couldn't wait to get back out there and start doing it again. And I ran like that for years. It was just non-stop. There was just... (sighs) It was insanity. I could not face my future. I did not know how to move forward. I was stuck and I went back to what was familiar. You know, as a grown man, that's really not an attractive life to be living. It was dark, it was dirty, it was seedy. And then I just completely fell apart. I could not, all addictions fail at some point. They will all fail. They will not give you that numbing out feeling anymore. It will not take it all away. Eventually, it will start creeping up and you will start to feel again because how much sex, drugs, and alcohol can I put in my body to numb out? Whatever level I was at, it wasn't enough. The pain was coming through and I was drinking and drugging and chasing even more to the point where I couldn't put enough in my body to numb me out. And I didn't want to live that way anymore. I was tired of it, but I didn't know how to move forward. I'd gotten ill, didn't have health insurance, was spending a couple thousand dollars a month of medicine, ran out of money, was homeless. I had to move into my buddy's spare room. And I was miserable. I knew I couldn't go back to the drinking and drugging. I knew that was a dead end. I didn't know how to move forward. I was so afraid. I had lost everything in such a short time. And I meet this woman and we just had this amazing relationship where we got each other. She saw me for who I was and I saw her for who she was. And we loved who we were below all of the bullshit. We had great communication. We had a great connection. We showed up for each other. We supported each other. When I met her, I had realized that I never knew what love was before. And that was devastating when she got hit by the car. We were about to start our life together. We were gonna move in together. We were gonna join families. I was so happy. The fear of that day when she had gotten hit and I couldn't find her had paralyzed me. The drinking, the drumming, drunk drugging was to numb out. And when that ended, I had to deal with the fears and I couldn't. I was living in that room and I was slowly becoming agoraphobic. I was afraid of everything. I didn't have the capability to deal with anything. And I mean anything. I was this helpless, beaten soul who couldn't get off the couch, 
couldn't move, couldn't take care of himself, barely fed myself. Going out of the house took hours of mental preparation. I was stuck. I was suicidal thoughts running through my head. I truly never thought it was going to get any better than what it was. I couldn't go back to the old life of drinking and I couldn't move forward. It felt too much. And at some point I started to try to figure out how to live a new life, a new way. Not being the old drug addict, not being the people pleaser, not living up to my role, not pleasing anybody. And I was in shame. I was humiliated. I had lost everything and I couldn't even afford the place to live. I couldn't have people around me. I couldn't be around my family. I couldn't date. I had nothing to offer. I felt like a shell of a human being. I was humiliated and embarrassed and I was sitting in the shame that I avoided by drinking, drugging, by creating this great business and being a go-getter and trying to create some kind of success, all not to feel the shame that I was sitting in. And I sat in it. I was bathed in it. You could just see that I was defeated. I was a shell of a human being. I was nothing that even closely resembled the man. And I was living in the self-hate that had always been there. And I was emotionally crippled. I was emotionally paralyzed. And I didn't want to be here anymore. And I sat like that for two years. And it was extremely brutal. Where was my motivation? Where was my drive? Where was all of the things that kept me moving forward for 17 years of sobriety? They were gone. Because there was a part of me that knew nothing and I mean nothing outside of myself was going to heal me. Nothing was going to take this pain away from the outside. Not drinking, not drugging, not success, not a woman, nothing. I was left alone with me. And for all of us who deal with trauma, you know that is one of the most painful places to be. I felt alone isolated and that nobody cared and I just walled myself off and shut everybody out and couldn't get off the couch I did this for so long those two years right now seem like they never happened it's hard to remember how painful it was because I'm so far past it And what got me past it was I finally did something. I loved Manhattan when I was younger. I studied in the city. I hung out in the city. 
I love the vibe. I love the energy. I love how I can be alone and not feel lonely. I loved how nobody gave a shit. And I could just be me. I could dress as I want. I can act as I want. I could do whatever I want. And there was nobody judging me, not even me. Manhattan for me is just a place where I get to be me. It feels right. I was living in the suburbs of Long Island in those two years on that couch. And I was tired of doing the same thing. I'd go out every once in a while, but it was the same thing. I hung out with, you know, womanizing alcoholics and they were chasing. And I had no interest in it and I was miserable. But I'd go out once a week just to kind of air myself out. And I was more unhappy being out in a place that I didn't want to be than I was home alone. So I stopped going out and I wanted to go to the city, but I was so fearful and so afraid that I felt like I couldn't do it. And for nine months I would make phone calls and I would text people and try to get somebody to go with me because I didn't feel safe doing it alone. Nine months. It's an hour train ride. That's it. And nobody wanted to go. They're all happy in their safe little bubble where they are big fish in a little pond. And I guess they were scared of the city. I don't know. But one day, after months of kind of figuring out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, I found myself at the train station, the Huntington train station. And I said, today's the day. I'm going to start changing my life and I'm not waiting around for anybody else to do it with me. I'm going to learn how to do this alone and I'm going to work through the fear and I'm going to make this happen. And then one Thursday I drove to the train station and I sat there and the trains go every hour. I sat there for four hours and I let four trains go by. And I went home defeated. And I waited a week. And the next Thursday, I did the same thing. I drove to the station. And this time, two trains had passed. And I got on the third. And I took the train to Penn Station, freaking out my nervous system, the fear. I was sick to my stomach. I was obsessively thinking, I'm trying to mentally prepare for any confrontation, for anything that may happen so that I'm ready. I was miserable on that train ride. Just constant panic. It did not stop. What am I going to do when I get there? This was stupid. What's the point? What are you doing? Just stay home. You're safe. Nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to get hit by a car. Nobody's going to come down on you for living your life. Just go. I got to Penn Station and I walked upstairs and I walked around the block and I walked back into Penn Station and I took the train back home to Long Island. And then the next Thursday, I did it again. Only this time I didn't wait for any more trains to pass. I got on the first one. 
And I went down, got in the pen, I walked upstairs, I walked around, I stopped, I got something to eat, I got on the train and I went home. Each time I added a little bit more. I managed the fears of the train the first trip and just walking around. By the fourth week, the train ride became comfortable and familiar. I was still freaking out. I was still scared. But this trip, I took my camera in and I went in early. I took myself up to Central Park and I took pictures and I spent a couple of hours. And then I went home. And then the next Thursday, same thing. First train into Penn, took pictures, took myself out to eat. And then I went downtown and I listened to music. And I continued this on and on for three years. In three years, I missed six Thursdays. I started to love it. I, I impressed myself. I surprised myself. I had walked through that fear. I ended up finding a couple of clubs downtown. I have made friends there. I had looked forward to my Thursdays. It was my oasis. It was everything. It was what I wanted, what I needed, what fed my soul. And it was me taking care of myself alone, walking through fear, starting to create a life for myself, a life that I wanted. I would go in on Thursdays and I would be so happy and I'd be so excited and I'd still be in fear and I still had to manage it. I still had to talk myself off that ledge. I still mentally prepared but it wasn't as much. With each trip, all of that started to subside. I had something I looked forward to on the other end. I met artists and musicians and writers and painters and photographers and just the biggest freaks on the planet. And I fit in. They were my people. We connected on a level that I had previously found hard to connect with people. See, because I came in not in my false self, not pretending to be something else. I went in as a scared, helpless little child. I went in as me, as I was feeling. And this is how I met these people. It was like a complete do-over. You see, when you're with people that you've known for so long, they know you a certain way. It's so hard to change around them. You know, I, I was happy and fun and wanted to enjoy and let's do. And, and then I became this miserable fuck. And people were like, dude, why do you even bother coming out? You're just bringing us all down. See, it wasn't okay to be what I was feeling around them because they had knew me a certain way. I went into the city as a miserable fuck and that's how these people met me and they accepted me. I didn't have to be more than I was. I didn't have to be anything. I didn't have to show up, not show up. It didn't matter. They didn't care if I was there or not. I just had to be me and that's what I was doing. I would come back on the train every Thursday and I would be walking on air Friday, Saturday, 
Sunday, I felt good about me. I had found a place in the world where I belonged. All of those months, sitting on those couch, miserable, trying to fit into a life that no longer spoke to me, not understanding why I couldn't just feel joy and happiness because I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I outgrew that life, the only life that I had known. And it didn't speak to me anymore. I didn't know how to live any other way. I got up and I just did something different. One thing different that changed everything. By Monday, I would start to go through what felt like withdrawals. The good feeling of going out on Thursday had lasted throughout the weekend. And then Monday came and it was like something was missing. I was still living in a place I didn't want to be. I was still around people that didn't speak to me the same way. I could not wait until Thursday. And then Thursday would come and I would be the happiest I had ever been. And I would do it all over again. I would travel in. I would explore. I would find different restaurants. I would find different clubs. I'd take my camera to different parts of the city all on my own. This codependent motherfucker was living independently and free. There was a freedom in that. There was no responsibility for work or kids or family or friends or anything. This was my day. And I gave it to myself. And I allowed myself to do what I truly wanted to do. And it took so much energy. And it took so much effort. And it took so much pain to fight through that fear. To give my soul what it desired. What it deserved. I did that for me. I still to this day have no fucking idea how. I had no idea what I was doing. It wasn't a plan. And I had no idea where it was going to lead me and how much it had changed my life for that one decision to get on that train and go do what I wanted to do. See, what I did was I taught myself that I am stronger than my fears, that I needed to start listening to my soul, that I needed to start paying attention to what I wanted, to what I needed, instead of staying in that safe little secure bubble where what I was doing was approved of because it was familiar. One decision changed everything the worth and the value that I started to feel within myself because I was learning how to take care of myself authentically, not by being a false self and being living a lie and being what others wanted. I was actually doing for me for the first time in my life. And it became everything. That became the way. You see, my soul is going, you need to do this. We want this. Why the fuck aren't you listening to us? And my thoughts are going, shut the fuck up. 
because I'm the one that has to deal with the emotional unrest. I'm the one that has to deal with the fear. I'm the one that has to deal with the panic and the uncomfortable feelings. I'm the one that has to manage this. Soul is sitting there going, please do this. And I'm saying, fuck you, I pay the price. I started listening to the soul. I continued on those trips every Thursday. Barely missed any in years. It was the lifeline that I needed to start building the foundation of self. You want to see who, what you're made of and who you are? Drop yourself in the middle of the West Village, East Village, where anywhere downtown and figure out a way to fucking survive when you are just littered and agoraphobic and panic. You find out how to be. You, <clears throat> excuse me, you find your strength. You find your way. You find out who you are, what you're willing to accept, what you're not, what you want and what you don't want without people around you because nobody was there but me. And every choice and every decision went through one filter, my filter, not my family, not my friends, not my kids, not my ex-wife, not my girlfriend, nobody, just me. And that's where we find out who we are. I am typically happy in two places. One is in a lake house in Pennsylvania and the other is in Manhattan. I do not like the suburbs. I do not like it at all. I do not feel like there's anything real and genuine there. I like nature and I like the energy and the grittiness of the city. So after three years of doing this, I finally built myself up, had my own place, was living further out east, um, wasn't happy, felt isolated, knew I belonged in New York City. There was no doubt in my mind. I am struggling with the fact that I still have two kids that I take care of. One my oldest, my daughter, was going to go away to college. This is now in the pandemic, and we're in lockdown, so it didn't really matter where you were, but I knew at some point the world was going to open up, and where was I going to be? I knew where I belonged. How do I do that with two children? Granted, one was going to go away to college. The other, my youngest, my boy, he got very social, and I didn't see him a lot on weekends. So I'm living in a place that I don't want to be. My daughter's not going to be around and my son's not showing up. He's old enough to live his own life. I kept, went into, kept going into my head and it was like, how's this going to look? How are people going to perceive me? What if I did move to the city? What does that look like? God, the resistance from my ex-wife was going to be absolutely fucking brutal. You know, what's my family going to think? What are my friends going to think? I'm going to go into shame. I, you know, anytime I'm, I do anything for myself, you know, it feels selfish and shame and self-hate kicks in. But I also knew I couldn't live where I was living. There was no growth. Nothing was going to change. When the pandemic hit, everybody fled Manhattan. Apartment prices went down. The city was absolutely empty. And I kept thinking about this decision. 
And I thought about it for a long time. And I was agonizing between what my soul wanted and how it was going to be perceived. What are my children going to think? Are they going to feel the abandonment that I felt when I was a child if I start to live my own life? Are they going to feel unloved, unworthy, unvalued? What is this decision going to do to them? How is it going to make them feel? Can I live with that? How are the people who know me going to view this? Can I handle the judgment that I know is coming? This was this endless fucking negotiation and debate in me. Like I was, I was obsessed with trying to get to an answer. I was trying to get to myself to a place where I could choose to live the way I want without hating myself. And I mean, that's what it is. When we try to choose the life that we want, we feel like we hate ourselves because it goes against who we're supposed to be, who we were told we were supposed to be. And that's what I had to deal with. I had to deal with the self-hate and the self-judgment and dealing with the judgment of others. And can I, I don't feel good about me. I can't have this negativity come in my way. I don't think I can handle it. But the strength that I had built up by walking through the fear, by going into the city and creating a life there. I had a life in there. I had friends. When I didn't have my kids, I would grab a hotel in the city and spend three or four days there every couple of weeks. I was splitting my time between Long Island and Manhattan. And the only reason I was on Manhattan, on the island, was because of my kids. So I found a place to live in New York City. And I had to have the conversation with my kids. And I spoke to my daughter. And she's like, Dad, I'm not going to be here anyway. You're going to be there for six months and then I'm gone. You should do it. And I talked to my son, who's younger and there's more time. And this kid is beyond his years. I get emotional thinking about how emotionally intelligent he is. And he looked at me, he said, and I've taken him into the city. I've taken my both my kids in the city. And he said, Dad, I've seen you happy in two places. One is at the lake and one is at the city. He goes, I need to start leaning on my friends more. I need to start building my own life. I don't really plan on coming on weekends anymore. You did your job. It's time for me to learn how to live my life. You should go move there. Which completely (laughs) blew me away. To have, to come from a place where you're not supported, where if you chose to do things that made the others feel uncomfortable, you were shamed and guilted into not doing it. To have my son know me and support me, I'm just, I'm emotional thinking about it. That is something that has been absent in my life. I've had it with two people. 
I had it with the woman I dated that hit by, got hit by the car and my kids. I'm still blown away to this day how supportive he was. For me, I'm codependent. I like to have the emotional connection. If it's not there, I feel like, you know, people are gone. And how hard was this going to be? I know it's only a train ride away. But it was difficult. It was extremely difficult to make that decision. And if I didn't have the support of my kids, I wouldn't have done it. I feel extremely grateful to them. But the decision to move in wouldn't have been possible if I didn't build myself up. So how do you become unstuck? A little at a time. You start to listen to your wants, needs, and desires. And you have the negotiation between soul, thought, ego, false self, shame, self-hate. And you work through it. And you take small little baby steps. With each step you take, you are slowly building the foundation of yourself. You are adding more worth and value as you eliminate those fears. The fears that keep us stuck. The fears that keep us hidden. And the fears that keep us from the life we deserve to live. Thanks for listening. You can contact me at joeryan.com. Follow me on Instagram at joeryan. And if you want, you can leave us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. All right, take care.